0: Well, good morning and and welcome. You know, I uh, really didn't know what to expect Um, today as we were gathering and planning and seeing, hey, what's going to happen? Because I'll be honest with you, as I look through social media, there are a whole lot of churches that have taken this day off. And I'm sure our staff would have said, hey, let's just skip church. But I'm that guy that's like, hey, how about no, (laughs) we're not going to do that. No, and I understand it because we have been racing as a church kind of like, you know, toward the end of the year. We did Thanksgiving outreach, and then we did um, various Christmas parties with our staff and stuff like that, and then we moved into um, you know, our holly jolly Christmas first ever, and then there was the you know, Christmas morning um, on December 22nd, and then there was Christmas Eve on December 24th, and as we continue to do this, it really does feel exhausting. And, you know, just um, give a staff member a hug. You know, If you see them going back and forth, and they're like bleary-eyed, um, give them a hug, because they do it for you. They do. They do it for our community. They do it to continue to move the mission that God has called Vineyard Forward. And so I want to in- encourage you in that. Um, th- today, I've been looking forward to this sermon for quite a while, I'll be honest with you. And um, we're saying goodbye to 2019. Welcome. You succeeded in getting to the end of a decade, not just the end of a month. You succeeded in getting to the end of a decade. In a couple of days, we are going to roll into a new decade, and that is going to be an absolutely wonderful thing. Now, um, some of you have not talked very nicely to me on social media, and you know who you are. Um, And if not, I will point you out when I get back to my computer so that all of the world knows you. Um, You did not like the inconvenient word for 2019, and you have made that crystal clear to me. I got the message. If somebody has already posted what you think about, that. Don't heap more on top of it. It's okay. Just let it go. I feel the same way that you do. As a matter of fact, last year when when we were beginning the year and the Lord said the word for us today is inconvenient, for 2019 is inconvenient. I'm not going to lie. I was so excited I was so excited about the idea that chasing after Jesus with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength was going to put me in so many inconvenient places. It was going to be so great and the kingdom of God was going to grow and it was going to be outstanding. I didn't know that just breathing was going to be an inconvenience toward the end of the year. And I'm just telling you, I'm ready to take this bracelet off. It's like, enough of this word. But last year, we began the year in 2019 with this message. This is the message. Nothing changes unless what? Something changes. And you say, well, duh. It's like, it's that simple, isn't it? It, it, It's like, no, it can't be that simple. Yes, it can. Nothing changes unless something changes change means things will get inconvenient what do you do because of God or what did you do now because of God in 2019 because God made things inconvenient what has changed in your life if if you if you think about it you say wow not much really then I want to challenge your personal spiritual growth because something needs to be changing. The third thing was change means your way didn't work. <laughs> right? You got here, and it's not where you want to be. Not at the vineyard. This is where you want to be. But you, you got to this place in your life, and you're like, this is not where I want to be. And somewhere in there, you do have to stop and say, how much of this am I responsible for, and how much of this are the circumstances around me or my environment responsible for? And you've got to deal with that. But change means your way doesn't or didn't work. And then lastly, inconvenient means action on your part. You have to do something. See, we don't always want to do that. We want to show up to church, we want a good message, we want to get into the Word, we want to read Scripture, we want to wonder how that affects us, what is God saying to us, but the truth of the matter is, as human beings, when we leave the average person, when we leave the sermon, we really don't want the message to affect our world that much because we don't like change. And I'm just going to tell you that years and years and years and years ago when I began to say, God, changed my life. I cannot continue to go on the way that I've been going. I want something to, I want to grow in you, Christ. And and he said, okay, and I ended up in ministry, and it's like, wow, how about that? So the word for 2019 was inconvenient. And it meant repenting is inconvenient. It meant um, baptism is inconvenient. It meant leading people to Jesus is inconvenient. It meant working on my marriage is inconvenient. It meant playing with my children, having a broken marriage, tithing, getting involved, joining a small group, finding a sitter so you can join a small group because it's important, serving your local congregation, waiting on the Lord is inconvenient. Having a sickness is inconvenient. Losing a spouse or a loved one, definitely inconvenient. And just for the record, struggle. Just straight up struggle. Just plain struggle. It's just inconvenient. How about if we just be a church that says, we don't believe in struggle anymore, therefore we're not going to participate. If it could only work that way. If we could just say, I'm sorry, that's against our religion, you're gonna have to take your struggle somewhere else, okay? Because my pastor says we don't struggle. No, we're gonna struggle. Struggle, when we realize it is normal, when we begin to say struggle is normal, it doesn't zap us. When we recognize that it's normal, for us to go through difficult stuff, it doesn't suck the, here it comes from last week, joy out of our lives. This year has been absolutely inconvenient for my wife and I, but I'm going to say this about inconvenient. Being put in situations that are uncomfortable, being put in situations where I wonder if God is seeing, being put in situations where I wonder if God really cares or if he's done with me as an individual human being and as a pastor, I still have those thoughts too. Being put in those positions in 2019 has been more than worth it because God has brought us through. Not because he did what I wanted. No, 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 no. Not because he did what I wanted, but because he showed himself faithful again and again, and again. And so I don't have to wonder looking forward if God is going to rescue me because he has a history <laughs> of rescuing, rescuing Joe Wood. He has a risk. Uh, there are times I think he's just going, seriously, I said no. You interpreted that in the Greek to mean go ahead and give it a shot now i gotta save you again joe not save like and save my soul but rescue from the mess that i made for myself and he's done it in many ways he's done it with friends he's done it with people who prayed for me he does it with my therapist i love that god rescues me and he's not going to stop now so i can do that but you know what 2019 as much as we are like oh man can we just please get this coat called 2019 off as much as it's that 2019 was a great year It was a great year for us as a church, believe it or not. Listen, watch this video, Michael, compiled for us. Yeah, listen, you have done a great job. Seriously, you have done a great job. This is you getting involved. This is you getting plugged in. This is you making a difference in people's lives in Madison County. And those are just the highlights. We haven't even gotten into some of the other things we could have. We just had to pick something that fit inside of a a two-and-a-half-minute video. And and, and again, Michael did a great job. But man, that just tells you, hey, it has not all been struggle. We have not always been on the struggle bus. It has just been 2019, and we're ready to move. Um, I'm looking forward to a new year. And so I have been looking forward to this day because I have been wearing this bracelet that is stamped inconvenient since uh, January 1st of last year here. And if you're a staff member and you still have that thing on, you can take it off and drop it on the floor because we are done with inconvenient. It is behind us. Thank you, Lord. We have come through that. Uh, I don't want that. And now I've been just uh, praying to God and working on it. I say, God, what's the new word? I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me a sermon series that I'm to do all through January. So we're going to be looking at a new heart for a new year or new year, new heart. And I'm so excited. I got these messages together and God's going to give us a heart for missions. God's going to give us a heart for um, laying off our our bitternesses. God's going to give us a new heart to come away from sin. God, and so I'm so excited. And the Lord said, no. No, that's not the word. <laughs> like, well, Lord, I kind of built a whole sermon series around, you know, the new year, new heart, and I'm feeling like that's it. And I literally was thinking about the new year, new heart, and what I'm hoping God does in my personal life. And the Lord grabbed a hold of me in my soul while I'm driving, which is a dangerous thing to do, and he said, stand up! Yeah. And so that's what I'm giving you this morning. Stand up. You want a new word for 2019? Quit being a sissy. Okay? Stand up for Jesus. Listen, let me tell you what I'm not saying. I'm not saying get in a political fight on Facebook. The Lord said, Joe, I'm giving you a new heart for that. Don't do it. That's the new heart for me for 2019 in politics. Don't care. Stand up for the kingdom of God. Stand up for people going to hell. Stand up for your children. Stand up for your marriage. Stand up to be respected. Stand up to see a difference happen in your life. You want a new word for 2020? Stand up. Whatever that's going to be for you. A new career. Stand up for new leadership. Stand up for new understanding. Stand up for new wisdom. But for goodness sake, stand up for your own personal relationship to Jesus. Stop waiting for me to give it to you or somebody on, um, on social media to give it to you or, or stop waiting to camp and give your, your whole spiritual being meaning from one meme on social media. No. Stand up in your own relationship to Jesus. And so that's what we're going to talk about right now. You know, when we say 2020, we're not really going to talk about standing up. We're going to talk about hearts because that's what I still want to do is talk about hearts. (laughs) And so we'll talk about stand up, Lord, I promise. But I want to talk about hearts. So stand up for your heart. Okay? Now let me tell you what I was thinking. (laughs) And I do believe it was led by the Lord. But let me just share it with you. 2020 is often more uh, than not associated with your vision, more than anything else in your your life. When somebody says 2020, you think, can you see 2020? Do you have 2020 vision? Is that what's going on? But I want to just simply ask you, what do you want to see happen in your life in 2020? If it's associated with vision, I want to ask you right in here right now, listen to me. You have not been called to 401ks. You have not been called to fight with people on this planet. You have not been called to throw rocks at anybody. You have been called to a kingdom of peace, not a kingdom of wishy washy people, and we can talk about that in a couple of weeks too. But I'm talking about we have been called as ambassadors on this planet to tell people on this planet what our king from a different kingdom says to the people on this planet. How are we going to interact. It is an invitation. It is not a hammer. When I think about people in my life that have had a number of medical emergencies, I think about uh, uh, my own spiritual well-being, and I think about uh, my mom. I watched to some degree my mom's uh, triple bypass Um, My mom, when we were living in western Oklahoma, went into the hospital. My sister called me. We raced down there, and literally all of us siblings were in there um, with my uh, my mom's doctor, and my mom was on the other side of that glass, and we could see her covered um, in in one of those blue things where they're going to operate on her, and there was a big box sitting on top of her chest with a big arm that went up somewhere, and there was a TV in the room, and on, on that TV was my mother's heart. I was looking at my mother's heart. Normally, if I'm standing in front of a mirror, I feel like I'm looking at, my mother's heart. And I say, yes, that's my mother. She's awfully fond of me. I'm her heart. She misses me. She lo- no, I'm, I'm, you know, but on that TV was my mother's heart. And I'm watching it go come, 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 and it's, it's making that, you know, two-beat noise. But I'm noticing that there are three major, 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 I don't know if they're arteries or aortas or whatever they are, you don't need to correct me, but those three things where the blood moves back and forth, they were all but completely blocked. And the doctor said, "We're going to do is we're going to um, do some bypasses, we're going to do three of them on your mom. There they are. She needs a new heart, and, and aside from giving her a new heart, we can do those bypasses. Your mom's going to experience a different quality of life. But he said to us, "We don't know if your mom is going to come off that table. We don't know, because of how serious that is on that TV. We just needed you all in here to see that. And so I was amazed, not that I got to sit there and keep watching. I went out in the other room. We waited. My mom is doing great. I took it upon myself to go see, <clears throat> not now, um, to go see my mom for Christmas. I just wanted to go see her. I love to be with her. So I flew down for a day and a half, and I flew back um, over Christmas, and I got to, I got to be with her because that's just Christmas for me, but it's amazing. She is doing well. She's moving along, um, and I was thankful for that. But I think about that, and I think the heart is an amazing thing. The heart is an amazing thing. It's vital, it's powerful, it never takes time off. Never. Look at this picture here as we think about what's going on inside of you right now. Your heart is about the size of your fist if you do that. Put your thumb on the side, cock it up just a little tiny bit and put it right there. It's about that shape and that big. That's about how big it is. It weighs less than a pound. However, a man's heart is heavier than a woman's heart by about two ounces, Believe it or not, it beats 115,000 times a day. I should have a professional come up here and stand by me. I'm talking to you. Yeah, that's who we're looking at. Okay, there's an electrical system that controls your heart called cardiac conduction system. I read an article that said that you could cut your heart out and your heart would keep beating. I don't know for how long, but it'll keep beating, disconnected from your body. Do you know the first open-heart surgery occurred in 1893? Yeah. Surgeon's name was Daniel Hale Williams. He was a black cardiologist in 1893. The earliest case of heart disease was found in a 3,500-year-old mummy. I don't know who has a job where they're just looking for heart disease in mummies. I'm hoping it pays well. Do you know most heart attacks happen on a Monday? They do. Most heart attacks happen on a Monday, so take Monday off, (laughs) but not the staff of this church. Okay? And I hate to say this, but statistically, Christmas Day is the most common day for a heart attack. Believe it or not, I did not know that. I know Christmas is tough sometimes. You know, the Bible says of our hearts that it's deceitful above all things. It's only evil all the time. And the the writer of the book of Proverbs says, it is deep waters, and who can understand it? And today we are challenged that we are a humanity that needs a new heart. We need a new heart. On the one hand, I'm talking about a heart that's beating, 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 beating in your chest, and on the other hand, I'm talking about the heart of your person. What is inside of you? I'm speaking about the center of your being, who we are inside. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word is labab. L-E-B-A-B. Is the Jewish word for your heart. Not the physical heart, but the center of your being. It it refers to the seat of desire or inclination or your will, and it could be the seat of your emotions. The heart could be regarded as the seat of knowledge and wisdom and as a synonym for, for your mind, for your being, and it's there. Biblically, the human heart is made up of three parts. It's the mental process. I'm talking about the one here in Vine's Old Testament Dictionary. It's the mental process, which is the majority of the part where action and reaction take place, which is to lead people in their lives. That's it. So there's a mental process. There's also a part of your heart that is an emotional process, and it processes itself as reactions. It's icing to enrich our lives, believe it or not. And then finally, there's the will. The seat of your will is your heart discretionary, volitional decision-making. It's where decisions are made between the rational and the emotive. And for the sake of this whole message and this whole month, that's what we're talking about is those three things right there. I read somewhere long ago as I was preparing for this message, but in in years gone by, and as I was growing in my own relationship with Jesus Christ, I went back and and, uh, I, I, I visited these scriptures. In the book of Ezekiel, The idea Ezekiel presented was that God wants to do surgery on you, and he wants to do surgery on me, and I believe that in 2020, this is the year it's going to happen. While all the political, spiritual culture is being attacked, we're going to need to check our own hearts. We are. We need to draw near to God, who is our great physician, and have him do a heart check. Ezekiel describes three um, procedures, if I can call them that, to Israel as a result of their need for spiritual healing. Healing. God spoke to Israel through the prophet Ezekiel and he said you need a new heart and you need a new heart because of this and he laid it all out for them three different times in the book of Ezekiel you'll find God using these scriptures and the first one that I want to look at is in Ezekiel 11 but let me just share with you procedure one we need a new heart because of what we consume. Just like I have to be careful with Oreos, I have to be careful with uh, animal crackers, I have to be careful with sugar, I have to be careful with fats, I have to be careful with processed foods because it chokes up my arteries. I have to be aware of what I consume in this world because it will wreck my heart for God. It will create bitternesses, it will do ugly things. The second procedure that God talked to Israel about was because they don't exercise. We just want to sit around and take it all in. The easiest thing to do is to come home from work, put your feet up on the couch, turn the TV on, and and binge Netflix, right? It's America's most popular um, activity (laughs) if you watch enough social media. And the third thing is because we have a hard, dead heart. Sometimes we go through life and bad things happen, and let's just be honest, it is about time for you and I to stand up And take responsibility for what we've created and the part of it that's our fault and own it so that we can receive healing, so that we can receive forgiveness, so that we can receive relationship, so that we can enter back into what God has for us. But sometimes something has happened to us and we've kind of let it fester a little bit and that's not good either. It's not because we're evil, it's just because we're human beings and and we don't always know how to deal, and so this thing just begins to fester inside of our heart like a dandelion root. You can cut that dandelion off every single year, but if you don't take something and dig that root out of the ground, and it can be up to 24 inches long, a dandelion root. If we don't dig that thing out, that dandelion keeps coming back. And we've got to figure out what it is. And sometimes it's because we've got a hard, dead heart. Sometimes it's because it's like, God, where were you? Where were you? god why'd you let this happen god why did humanity humanity on me that hurts and i just want you to know that all of us go through that we are all believe it or not somebody's toxic person you are every one of us is somebody's toxic person And so as we go through this, I want to read from Ezekiel chapter 11. God is speaking to Israel and he's trying to get them to come back. And he says, hey, if they will return to it, to the law, to the the word of God, he said, and remove all of its vile images and its detestable idols. If you will come back to God, if you will come back to worship in the temple, if you will come back to the word of God, and if you will get rid of all your vile, detestable idols, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws they will be my people and I will be their God and in this particular passage as it says right there God is speaking about the things that we consume the things that we are willing to be a part of The things that we will watch, the things that we will listen to, the places that we will go, and the people that we will run with. And I'm not saying that we've got to be Amish and and separate ourselves from the world. But what I'm saying is God is saying to Ezekiel that that if we will come away, and this is the part, you see, we collect vile images and detestable idols. And I don't don't want to get into your TV. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we begin to let things in. You know, I often will tell people this way. I have three Rottweilers. If you know me, if you um, if you if you banned me from your social media site and stuff, and, and unfollowed me, that's okay. But you know that I have three Rottweilers, and I promise you, they are very, very, very high quality Rottweilers, and they 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 eat very, very, very high quality food, and consequently, what comes out the back end of them has to be high quality. It just does. And I would dare say if I took the highest quality of Hershey chocolate and I have took the highest quality of flour and the highest quality of free-range, running free, chase it down and squeeze out an egg chickens, and I made you some super high-quality brownies but I told you that I put just a little tiny bit of that high-quality Rottweiler um, pr- uh, product uh, in it, you wouldn't eat it. And yet sometimes I find myself consuming things that are no more than what comes out of the back end of my Rottweiler from this world and God says why why are you consuming that when I have so much more for you this whole passage speaks to Jesus coming back into our lives and becoming the priority again See, he's saying Israel has clogged their arties with other worships, other figures, other idols, other practices. And and most often those practices and those idols were sexual by nature. Over and over and over and over again as God challenged Israel to come back, it was greed and it was sexual by nature. And, And it just enticed them away. Listen, if sin wasn't fun, it wouldn't be enticing. It wouldn't. And God is saying, you got to be careful. If I did not, if those little white hostess donuts that come in that bag did not taste good on my tongue, Bruce wouldn't make me walk extra. (laughs) They are so good with a cup of coffee. Between me and a couple of the dogs, we can polish off a whole bag. It's all about self-control. And there's too much sugar on the donuts, so don't eat them but they clog up our arteries and Israel was being clogged up with detestable practices and it was destroying them. You remove what is keeping you from God and he will give you a new heart. And believe it or not, that might be an attitude. It might be a practice. It might be a manner in which you've chosen to understand scripture so it fits your lifestyle rather than changing your lifestyle to fit the scripture. Seriously, God wants to do something. You might stop and say, what's taking most of my time? Check your calendar. Keep a calendar on your smartphone or maybe you've got a little book or something like that that you keep a a calendar in. Check your calendar. You want to see what's robbing you, check your calendar. Check your checkbook. Go down through your receipts and see what it is you're spending most of your money on. Or check your commitments. What is it that you have committed yourself to more than anything else? What is it that you've committed yourself to? The second one is found in Ezekiel 18. When God says, Therefore, you Israelites, I will judge each of you according to your ways. Now, when I read, I will judge each of you according to your ways, don't hear me like bringing the hammer down on your head, okay? Just just do me a favor and just say, Okay, then then what, what does that phrase mean about my heart? My heart that's inside here by which I make choices and do things. He says, I will judge you according to your own ways, declares the Sovereign Lord. So repent, and just listen, listen, that's a good word. Repent is not a bad word. It is a positive word that means something new is about to happen and forgiveness is about to wash over you. So he says, turn away from all of your offenses and then sin will not be your downfall. Rid uh, rid yourself of all the offenses you've committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, people of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Sovereign Lord. Repent and live. Listen to me. God takes no pleasure in the death of Democrats. He takes no pleasure in the death of Republicans. He takes no uh, pleasure in the death of Libertarians. He takes no pleasure in the death of gay people and white people and black people and yellow people and all kinds of people. He doesn't take any joy in that no pleasure whatsoever he wants sinners to come away from sin so they can brace the freedom and come home he wants his children home is what he wants and so as we look at this thing he's talking about action he's talking about the things we do the idea that if we study to show ourselves approved what Paul said I believe to Timothy study to show yourself approved a workman rightly dividing the word of god we might be surprised at what begins to happen inside of our souls we get a new heart yeah it hurts sometimes to be the one on the receiving end and say god do i have to always turn the other cheek but he said turn the other cheek and give him a chance to be the one to make it right So as Ezekiel says, listen, come away from all of this stuff. Come here, come over here. What he's saying is seek first the Lord while he may be found. He's saying seek first, uh, seek me with all of your heart and I will be found by you. He's saying seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. All those things that you want to be added to you, and you know I'm not talking health, wealth, and prosperity. I'm just saying that God said he will care for you. You can trust him, but it comes when we put ourselves in a place of saying I will seek for you with all of my heart it isn't just about going to church going to church will will make you a Christian when sitting in my garage makes you a car or crawling into the kennel makes you a rottweiler <laughs> see it how you want to see it it's not about being in a small group it's not about all I listen to is K love on the radio that doesn't make you a Christian okay Walking with God and letting Him change the attitude and you and He talk and you listen to Him because I promise you He wants to say things to you. And so it's about our movement. Do we seek God with all of our heart? Do we seek God on a regular basis? Or do we just show up and we figure Sunday morning pastor will say something or somebody up here will say something and then Wednesday night I'll go to small group, somebody will say something, I'm full up for the week, I'm good to go. No, God wants to hold your hand. I don't want to see my wife two times a week. I don't. I want to see her every morning when I wake up. That's what God wants with you. The last scripture that I want to share with you is from Ezekiel chapter 36. I will sp- the last one that I want to share with you about hearts. I will sprinkle clean water on you, God says, and you will be clean. Remember what it felt like to receive Jesus and to know that all of these sins and these horrible things that you just thought they're um, they're heavy, maybe you're looking at 2019 and you feel like you've been dragging a tire through the you know the year. Um, maybe some of you you ever seen those um, CrossFit guys and they have to pick up that semi truck tire or that, and you just think, man, listen, pass me the donuts. Look at these people, what they're doing, you know, and they and you feel like you're going through 2019 just tipping a tire over one at a time and it's a struggle and you're like Ah, I want to let go of this God is saying I'm going to sprinkle you and you're going to be clean I will cleanse you from all your impurities and your idols I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you over and over again new heart, new spirit, new heart, new spirit new heart, new spirit I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life I will give you a new heart and a new spirit in you and I will remove from you your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. This time he's talking about straight up our salvation. I'm going to take your human heart out. I'm going to put a heavenly heart in. A human heart maybe is a little, you know, narcissistic, it's a little hard. You hit me, I hit you. You hit me with something bigger, I kill you. It's, it's that kind of mentality. It's not willing to be at the end of the line. It wants to be at the front of the line. It doesn't want to be last. It wants to be first. But our salvation says God will take care of us. It's going to be okay. And I love what Peter a response was when he stood up in front of people and said, listen, I need to preach the gospel to you. And when the people heard the gospel, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what will we do? And Peter replied, repent, and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, your children, and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord will call later. So as we enter into 2020, what is it you need to leave behind? What is it in your business with God where you've got a little stone in your heart for your boss, for your spouse, for your children, for a brother or sister that hurts you or uh, 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 something that, that happened that you perpetuated? What is it that's inside of your heart that feels like a little rock where God is saying, do me a favor and lay this thing down right here because I want to take it. I don't want you to have this. I want you to have a clean heart, a new heart, a healthy heart, a soft heart. At the point that we believe we don't have to change, how do we tell other people, come, meet Jesus, he'll change you. We should never stop changing if we're Christian people. We, not God, we should never stop changing if we're Christian people. Paul told the church in Rome, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. As Paul writes the book of Hebrews, He tells us that we run this race and we need to lay off the things that are hindering us and we need to lay off the things that are entangling us. And so I want to encourage you to be thinking about that. What are the things that are hindering you as you anticipate going into 2020 and embracing it in a really powerful way? What is the thing that is entangling you? The one is stuff, the other thing is sin stuff can be an attitude or it can be material possessions sin is just it's sin it ties up our feet and pretty soon we're falling over we can't even run the race i got no rock to throw at you god said he's got forgiveness for you he's got a new heart for you why go into 2020 the same way you left 2019 why not go in laying a hold of the kingdom of god these people are up here because we love you These people are up here not because they're perfect, but because we know what it's like. These people are up here Sunday in and Sunday out because I don't ever want to leave this place without people praying for me. These people up here represent people that have already prayed for me today in my office. I need prayer on a regular basis. Not to do my job, just to stay faithful to God. That'll get my job done. I need it. You need it. We need to keep finding these rocks that are in the fields of our hearts and get them out. These calcifications, get them out, get them out, because they're threatening to kill us. I want to invite you to come to your feet, Father. As we go into this last song, I just ask and pray that you begin to move our hearts. What a great year 2019 was, but thank you for getting us through it, Lord. It was a blessing, and we 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 are grace gracious for it. But at the same time, Lord, we are, we want to move on. So I pray that you help us to be a people to lay it down right here. We love you, Jesus. We love you. Come and be upon us as we stand up. In Jesus' name.